1: Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Tanny and Herb. Tanny. Hello,
0: and welcome back to Locked On Sox. Five game winning streak now for the White Sox as they defeat the Minnesota Twins three to one. My name is Herb Lawrence, and on this glorious night, I am joined as always. By Chris Tannehill. Chris, how are you feeling tonight?
1: I'm a damn nervous wreck, Herb. I don't know if I'm ready for this. I don't want to watch another one of these games the rest of the year. But let me ask Bill Wald what he's doing tonight. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turtle Bridge Division Street. Let's go. And this episode of Lockdown White Sox is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. You know, folks, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of automobiles, it's impossible to stock all the parts your car will ever need at one of those traditional chain storefronts. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions like, is your car an LX or is it an EX? And you wait while the person at the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand that their store happens to carry. Why do that when you have access to rockauto.com? matter of fact, you have access to rockauto.com right in your pocket, on your phone, and one reason to maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things in life like food or a mortgage or or maybe one last road trip with the family before it starts to get cold out. And how could you even save money by shopping at a chain store when they have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers? But rockauto.com's prices are always the same for everybody and they're reliably low. Rockauto.com offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear, sort of like how airlines do. Rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com's got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything that you need in just a few easy clicks, delivered right to your door. Just go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And do us this favor, won't you? Right locked on, and there. How'd you hear about us, box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at RockAuto. Com. All right, let's take a deep breath here. Just, just a podcast is all. It's just a baseball game. That's all it was. Just a baseball game on television. It can't hurt you. The Sox now, after their 3-1 victory over the Minnesota Twins, improved their record to 31-16 and and now are three games ahead of the Twins in the loss column. The Indians now at five games behind the White Sox. Things are looking really good for the White Sox now, and I just saw, courtesy of Josh Nelson, the first to alert us that the Sox have not only uh, improved their record and improved their standing in the division, they maintain their number one seed in the American League, but they have clinched a winning season. So how about that, Herb? Wow! For the first
0: <laughs> time since 2012, that's right. White Sox have a winning record this year it's unbelievable i as famously said that they're not gonna win uh 30 games i think i said them as 28 games and you had them for 35 it looks like we're gonna now
1: i look like a hater under.
0: now yeah exactly It's like you can't think they're gonna win 40 goodness gracious they have a realistic chance to win 40 effing games out of 60 which is mind-blowing and whoo tonight uh Didn't play well, but hell, a W is a W is a W.
1: Yeah, man, you'll find out, you know, not you, but in generally speaking, you know, playoff baseball is not always the most crisp, clean baseball. The games are often tightly contested as this one was tonight. It comes down to... You know, each team will squander many opportunities, but uh, sometimes it comes down to matchup at the end of the game. The Sox had that tonight, facing the lefty late. Uh, it comes down to good at bats, and sometimes it comes down to who's at home, who's more comfortable. You know, the Sox should have lost this game tonight. You know, they oh would, they, hell yeah, um, Dylan Sees, Let's let's start with him first. What What'd you uh, make of Dylan Cease's outing tonight? His final line is as follows: four and two thirds, five hits, one run, it was earned, five walks. Four strikeouts and uh, 99 pitches for Dylan Cease tonight. A little bit more of the same of what we've been seeing from Dylon lately.
0: Yeah, um, not acceptable. He needs at minimum, like I'm not asking for a lot. Minimum five innings. And I said yesterday, five and a third, four earned runs. I'm fine with that. Give me, give me that. I mean, they would have lost today. At least I would have got the effort, the the execution. The five walks, ridiculous. We gave up the White Sox, 18 base runners tonight with the 10 walks and the eight hits. It was way too much. Ridiculous amount of base runners. They Only by executing those pitches, getting ground ball double plays, and other things with the Twins not executing on runners in scoring position did we escape this game. But Dylan Cease, no, not at all. Four and two-thirds, not even close to enough, and the performance wasn't great, and I know some of you guys are wondering and saying, well, he only gave up one earned run, Her, That's what you want. Yeah, but the four and two thirds, it puts a strain on this bullpen, so now you had to pitch high leverage Cody Lawyer, Hoyer in the fifth inning, high leverage um, Evan Marshall in the sixth inning, Gio Gonz- sixth and seventh inning. Gio Gonzalez in the eighth inning confounded me it worked. Uh, I, I'll put those in quotes because of Kalamay coming in, getting the last out. But this is the strain. Now you still have what thirteen more games to go in the season. I think the bullpen. One of your. I mean, you got most of the good pitchers out there today, except for Detweiler and Foster. And now you've already, you know, extinguished some of those guys for tomorrow, where you might need them again for Dane Dunning. And so. I, I just can't have that effort. I know he wants to do better. I understand that he is just feeling himself out of his first full year of pitching, but at minimum, five innings. That's it.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I think, you know, Dylan sees a little bit of a victim of circumstance here. He's, he's you know, we talk about it all the time with, with these young pitchers, and you're, they're trying to learn – how to get by at the big league level. But unfortunately for Dylan, uh, you know, or maybe fortunately, I think ultimately this will be a positive experience for him, but he's learning uh, how to pitch in a, in a playoff race and ultimately in a independent race. So, you know, it's, you know, it's one of those things where things, sometimes they, they come to you a little bit faster than you would expect. Like, I don't know if we all expected the Sox to be in this position, um, but you know, Dylan sees not, not the best of efforts tonight. Uh, he did have, uh, the, the changeup working tonight uh, fastball location still some of the same but the, the, the breaking stuff and the off speed stuff was 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 pretty good tonight I will say that about him but the, the key for him is just putting it all together for the next outing that's always what we're waiting on with Dylan Cease. come on man just put it all together for me one time uh, because you mentioned the, the bullpen being taxed tonight and you know, I, I don't understand the the Gonzalez move coming in late in the game there. I don't know if it was just trying to keep a guy on schedule and get him some work done. If you're eventually going to work him back into the fold here in the rotation, I have no idea what what that was. There were a couple moves by Rick Renteria tonight that kind of left me scratching my head. But while we're still talking about the pitching staff tonight how about Cody Hoyer struggled a bit tonight uh, he he got out of it without surrendering any anything of consequence one inning two hits uh, two walks uh, and got the strikeout um, but he was not sharp tonight you know contrary to what we've seen all season long from Cody but Evan Marshall coming on in the big spot mm-hmm. inning in a third gets this two strikeouts, gets the huge punch out of Nelson Cruz, which I did not think was possible. But that was a really, really nice job by Evan Marshall in a big spot in early, uh, in the middle of the game in a high leverage situation.
0: Indeed. And I uh, just see this tweet from Andrew Simon, who's a researcher for MLB, I think. Uh, yeah, researcher writer for MLB.com. White Sox pitchers tonight versus Minnesota. Nine innings pitch, eight hits, one run. 10 walks, and 8 strikeouts. White Sox are the first team to allow 18-plus base runners and no more than one run in a 9-in-a-game since the Giants did it to the Dodgers on May third, two 2013. So it's an anomaly. History! It. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, and Evan Marshall nails. He's recapturing his, his role after, you know, in the middle of the year where he was getting hit a little bit after a lights out start to his season, so he's recapturing that lockdown seven eight inning or high leverage, and I like Ricky doing that in in not just waiting until the seventh inning. He understood that the sixth inning is a time for Evermarsh to come in the game to rescue Cody Hoyer, who was losing his control and shut the shut the Minnesota team down. I don't know how you felt, and I want to ask you before we go on how you felt about. Ricky asking for the intentional walk of Nelson Cruz with the base open, a runner on third, and then eventually, I think Polanco hit the RBI
1: single. Um, I I don't mind the thought process there uh, because we always say, you know, they, they even said on the broadcast, you know we we know what Nelson Cruz is, and we're not going to have the best guy in their lineup beat us. I think that's the logic in that situation. I have I have no problem with that. I you you know you I do mind though. Uh, the pitch selection from from Dylan sees in that spot uh, because we know Polanco can hit the fastball you know what Mm -hmm. I mean like so I don't I don't understand that with just you know bad execution or whatever but in terms of walking Cruz I'm on board with that I mean we we know how that how that story goes and he had ample opportunities tonight Nelson Cruz and they were playing with fire all night long with him and sometimes a guy just has a bad night but uh, I I didn't have a, a big problem with that what about you?
0: Not at all. I I would prefer a person to walk uh, or to never pitch to Nelson Cruz when you don't have to, ever. Like, if there's an available base for him to be walked to, especially this year, let him go. Enjoy yourself. And battle versus Polanco. Like you said, maybe you have a better pitch sequence and you understand what Polanco is trying to do and what he's good at, and you don't throw the balls that way. But the decision to walk... Nelson Cruz is always a A plus move.
1: Yeah, and a lot of it too is you know you can't hide from people in, in Major League Baseball because we said you know Nelson Cruz did come up in big spots later on in that game. But if you can if you can mitigate the risk earlier on in, in a big spot, you know you, I'm definitely on board with trying to do that. You know, but again you can't hide from guys in a Major League lineup. Eventually you do have to make pitches and execute. And uh, thankfully for the White Sox, uh, Evan Marshall. And Alex Colomay did tonight. But, you know, we talk about the Twins' uh, opportunities they squandered tonight. Uh, The Sox had their share of opportunities tonight as well. They left 12 guys on base tonight. Um, you know, we before we get to that big eighth inning where a lot of good things happened, there was a whole lot of eh that happened tonight. Um, Luis Robert continuing to struggle a little bit, and you hate yeah. to see it in like the biggest stretch of the year here, but that that comes with the territory. He's he's carried the socks at times, and he's shown flashes uh, of, of of someone that can provide a big spark to the team. But right now he's struggling. Uh, and Carnacion uh, struggling. Uh, Nomar Mazzara, oof. I thought it was going to happen tonight, man. <laughs> after we talked about him on last night's, uh, today's podcast, how I got faith in people. Uh, my faith was tested in Nomar Mazzara tonight. It's it's harder and harder to justify his existence in that lineup tonight, especially after what Ad, Adam Engel does later on in the game, which we'll get to in a second. But the Nomar Mazzara thing is just, uh, it's it's tough to watch her.
0: Yeah, I, and I know, you know, what they were thinking. I know what they envisioned with Nomar Mazzara. Give him a little pop from the left side and a very right handed uh, hitting lineup. And if Nomar Mazzara came anywhere close to the 20 home runs and whoever that averages out in a 60 game season, Rick Hahn, Kitty Williams, all of them would have been thrilled, elated. But it's not happening. And we see Adam Ingle comes off the bench cold and delivers. And this whole year, Adam Engel has been a solid player. And Maybe it's because of lack of playing time. He gets the spots to be put into the best situations and the spots that make him execute the best. But I don't know how far you keep on going with Nomar Mazara. The great offense puts a nice bandage over the Na- Nomar Mazzara thing. So you can just push him to the side and say, you know, we're getting a bunch of runs anyway from everybody else. So uh, we can just have a guy that's not hitting in our lineup, but also you're like a meritocracy and I can see a guy like Adam Ingalls saying, Hey man, I've battled through the minors. I was terrible a couple of years ago, but right now I'm, at my best defensively and I'm seeing the ball as well as I can. The guy that you hired as a offensive, uh, as the batting coach is hired. Half the reason is because of the improvements he made with me down in A. So can I, as the person that is doing well this year, get any type of playing time over this bum who's out here struggling? I can hit an OPS of 550 easily and I'm doing much better this year. So even if, all things being equal on offense, I play much better defense than he does. So there's no reason why he should be starting over me. Zero. And that would be the, the case that I would have. You know, you can lose a locker room if you just keep on playing a guy just because. When you have a guy like Adam Mingle that's, that's produced and has done a good job in his stead. And then the times he has to come in.
1: Yeah, it would be. Nice to hear from Nomar Mazzara once in a while. I know it's different with with COVID now, and we don't hear from all the people after the game. And, you know, it's pretty much just the manager, starting pitcher, and whoever had a big hit. Sometimes during the pregame, it's mainly just the star of the team. Tim Anderson had a a spirited uh, pregame Zoom call today. But Yohan Moncada got in front of it when he was struggling to sort of talk about the after effects of COVID and how he was feeling. Um, We haven't heard much from Nomar Mazar yet this year, and it's not like I demand answers from the man, but it would be nice to just, you know, get inside of his head a little bit and, and, you know, feel what he's feeling and sort of walk us through the season. And, you know, I would like to know if, if, if he's not healthy. You know, if I un, totally understandable if he's not feeling healthy enough, but if you're out there, we're going to assume you're healthy. But it just I find it curious because he, he speaks English. I mean, I, you know, I was at the panel at SoxFest. He was up there. You know, he see he, he speaks English, so it's not that. So I don't I don't know why I don't know if they're they're hiding him or some guys. You know, you know what's there to talk about with him really? Like why well, I wouldn't be front and center out there if I was struggling like that either. But at some point, I'm wondering if something's going to give here and, and we hear something from him because. It just—it's been all bad this year for Nomar Mazzara, and I think maybe he would, he would buy himself a little bit of leeway if he—if uh, he just talked to the media for a little bit. I mean, it's not vital, but I, just you know, thinking about it as we're talking about him, that we haven't heard much from him this year. I know you deal with a lot of uh, of, of tape and going through a lot of pregame video and stuff like that, so I, I can't remember the last time I saw Nomar Mazzara out there uh, speaking before or after a game. So it's you know. Something to consider, maybe. Uh, I mean, we, you know, I just want to get a little insight on what's going on here with him, and and sort of why is he struggling? Is it, is it Menachino? Has, is you know, are they changing his approach a little bit? You know, I, I remember them trying to sell us this big time when he came in about, okay, yeah, they, they're trying to get him to to improve the launch angle, get him to hit more balls in the air, and that has not really happened yet. So I don't mm-hmm. know if this is just an organizational failure or a player not being as receptive. coaching and analytics as you thought maybe he could be and maybe that's why the Rangers unloaded him because they knew he was basically is what he is and he's not open to things like that but there's a lot of layers here to to that and you know it's never too late in baseball to sort of to save yourself and give yourself uh uh you know the get 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 the fans behind you but uh, time is is really running out for Mazzara and for Encarnacion too he left five guys on bases tonight and I keep thinking, oh, back of the baseball card for him. And he's had stretches where he's been good and he's had some big hits over the course of the year. But it looks like he's making the decision very easy for the Sox to not uh, exercise that team option for 2021. I, I don't know if, if they're going to bring him back next year. Herb.
0: He's been really struggling. And I mean, I know people have suggested maybe and we had a a guy who emailed us on the on sucks at Gmail the other day about having a uh, McCann be the DH or DeGrundal be the DH. And whenever they're not catching, instead of having Edwin Encarnacion, I don't know. I mean, he has been struggling too, but I, I still, don't like my catcher to be yeah. out there. My backup catcher to be the DH and he can't come back in the game and be the catcher. And then you'll lose the DH responsibilities there. So, um, yeah, I don't like Zach Collins as the, the actual third backup. So that would be yeah. good in that regard, too. So, yeah, I would want Edwin Encarnacion to do the back of the baseball card thing. And this is a guy where I can see uh, the White Sox saying, OK, we got to hold on because his back of the baseball card says this, that and the other. He's had eight consecutive years of hitting 30 home runs. He has proven that he is a power hitter, 100 percent. So you can, I give him a little leeway, not the Nomar Mazzara thing. So, uh, I just you just gotta keep on throwing him out there. Maybe yeah. bat him a little l- later in the order, put him behind Luis Robert or somebody else because he's not getting the job done until something else happens where he's more comfortable with his swing and driving balls consistently out of the ballpark or just at least doubles or something I,
1: I think i still trust him because overall like he still can put together a professional at bat in a big spot just tonight didn't come through didn't execute uh when you needed him to all right let, let's get to the good stuff here tonight so mm-hmm. the eighth inning uh is when it when it all came together for the white Sox. a very tense game it was, you know it was like a heavyweight boxing match tonight man just just i was on pins and needles uh, watching this game tonight the eighth inning, the Sox come through. on Moncada reached base three times tonight, leading off an inning, draws the huge leadoff walk to set the table. And you know, I don't know if anyone else felt like, okay, this time it'll be different. But you just keep giving yourself opportunities, leading off an inning like that, and you got to figure something's uh, good is going to happen. And I- I'll say this about Moncada, Herb. You know, even though he's struggling with the bat of late that that patience at the plate and that eye does not struggle and it's times like this where he really helped the team tonight getting on base as many times as he did to start innings
0: yes indeed it was very well uh stated by you he has been great this year um as far as the eye it doesn't slump it stays the same and he's always thought of himself to have a good eye that's why the Uh, Two strikes in the leading the league in strikeouts his rookie year or his first year with the White Sox was so troubling because he knows the strike zone and he was getting crapped on a couple of those counts. Most of those counts where he's getting struck out at two strikes looking. And so he's always thought of himself as a good uh, judge of the strike zone. So that has never changed. He understands where the pitches should be going to be called strikes. But also today, Angel Hernandez, whoo, he was tough. Yeah, but yeah. that's like every <laughs> time he was good up until a point. Then he you know, was like, "Fuck, I'm Angel Hernandez. I can't, I can't be out here being con- competent at my job."
1: As I always say in a big game, if my kid's life depended on it, there's no one I want behind that dish more than Angel Hernandez. And another blown call by. Hernandez. Hernandez. Um, yeah, he was not good tonight. And I, I don't like the fact when a home plate umpire gets worse as the game goes d- deeper. <laughs> like, that's not what you want. That call
0: versus a break, he wasn't a strike anywhere. No, dude. It wasn't a strike. In It was high and outside. I was like, it never was a strike. Out of this pitcher's hand, it wasn't a strike.
1: Yeah. God damn. I, I, yeah, he's just
0: flipping coins back there.
1: Yeah, neutral ballparks and, uh, and robot umpires for the postseason. Uh, but the
0: a- weird part about this, Andrew Hernandez behind the plate for giolito's no-hitter
1: i know right (laughs) exactly but wasn't uh, wasn't that uh no that wasn't angel was it who was it angel behind the giolito yeah yeah
0: it was him because i remember
1: james we can't thank them but but i thought it was uh, cb buckner that mechanic. Oh,
0: I'm just racist with my uh. Things. We all look alike to
1: you, even though it's not a we because I'm not, I'm not black or Hispanic. And oh, it's,
0: it's not even it's not even last DS. So I could say I just all I hate all the Latinos. Oh, it's just a weird thing. Herb does not yeah, think. Yeah, so yeah, Herb does not butter, think I, that
1: blue lives matter. That's for sure. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, so big at bat by Moncada to start the inning, and then we talked about he's been struggling a lot lately. And he got down 0-2 real fast. But Luis Robert working the 10-pitch walk to keep things rolling. I was just so impressed. that One of his best at-bats in his young career. But what a great job by Luis Robert drawing that walk there in a big spot.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, he's not right right now. I mean, he was missing a couple fastballs right down Broadway. And the pitch... I think the first pitch out of that sequence, Steve's like, he's looking for a hanging slider. And if he gets one, he's going to crush it. And he got a hanging slider. It was a little on the outside of the corner of the uh, plate, but it was fat and he missed it big time. So he's a little off on the, on the swing and uh, his timing right now. So it's great to see him work that count. And I thought he was like waiting, like the pitch was already delivered and he does his usual thing when he goes back and takes off his shin guard. But I thought he was looking back to make sure Angel didn't, ring his ass yeah, I, up that's what i thought too itching to ring his <laughs> ass up but it was nowhere near a strike and League was like i don't know he's like a, i know this man's bad at his job i just got in the league but i know this man's looking to ring me up on that he's like oh, you sure sure a true All veteran, right, veteran Louis robert
1: Luis robert already a true professional knows Angel yeah. that. this is bad at his job uh but yeah just a huge huge walk there and which you know Brings up Adam Engel and the bunting, Herb. Um, obviously, the results worked. Um, it wasn't a bunt, but when, when, you, when you heard them on the broadcast talking about, you know, when, when the Twins brought the infielders in and they were planning on bring, bringing out the wheel play for the bunt, I know you had to have been irate back at your palatial estate uh, in uh, Ravenswood. Technically, is that where you're at in Ravenswood? Yeah, yeah. right uh, down the
0: street from your guy, uh, right down the street from Jed Hoyer. We Abs- went by his house
1: the other day. Absolutely. Um, we, weren't,
0: we weren't creeping. Um, but yes. Um,
1: so the bunting, bunting in that spot.
0: Furious. Absolutely furious. Um, no, I know, understand people would be like, you're only playing for one run, blah, blah, blah. You got to do it 2005 team, bunted all the time, blah, blah, blah. It's not a good strategy, guys. Look at the numbers where if you have runners of first and second with – no outs is much better than having runners at second and third with one out as far as scoring potential. So I want to score as many runs as I can. As you see that happen, you know, we ran into trouble in the ninth inning. You need those extra add-on tack-on runs. So to bunt there just to try to get two guys in scoring position, they're going to walk magical, wizardby. it be? They're going to walk him and to get to Timmy, the base is loaded so they can go um, get a four-state play- base. Maybe I like that situation, but also I think it's giving up an out when you only have 27 of them is an the idiot, idiotic plan. I don't like it at all. Swing away, and we saw what happened. Yeah, I,
1: well, here's you what know, maybe here's what happened here. Here's what Adam Engel did in that spot, and I, I agree with you big time there. You know they didn't do well with the many outs that they were given uh, leading up to that point. So why give them another out? But here's what Adam Engel did: uh, showed bunt and then he tucked it back. You know, the interesting thing here is if the bunt does get down, you have second and third. Twins are going to bring the infield in for Madrigal, who's been something of a ground ball hitter. They creep in at the corner as Adams ready to swing,
0: and he does slap!
1: I gotta love it when you tuck it in. Don't you love tucking it in, Herb? (laughs) (laughs) I love tucking it back. Um, But yeah, I did not appreciate uh, the fact that I I blew it on Twitter. Uh, I quoted the great line from Clerks, which is, of course, uh, I appreciate Adam Engel's ruse. I don't appreciate your ruse, ma'am.
0: I beg your pardon?
1: Your ruse, your cunning attempt to trick me. Yeah, and then I misspelled ruse like an idiot. It's of course, my my Chicago public school into my Catholic high school education really paying off there. But people got what I was saying; they got the gist. But I just you gotta love that that at bat there, and and Adam Engel pulling it back and saying, you know what? Nah, I'm I'm good on this. I'm Adam Engel. Damn it! I I won the Winter League MVP a few years ago, and, and I'm gonna knock in this RBI right here. I was I, I was hooting and hollering down here in the basement. What a big hit by Engel right there.
0: God, I, I only think of what, one thing when I think about clerks, and I won't say it here because, you know, enough of our brethren getting in trouble for things like that. So move along. moving along. Um, but, yeah, man, clerks, good times. Um, yeah, Adam Engel with the clutch hit. Needed that he's been doing all year long, getting clutch hits. I mean, the Kansas City game comes to mind. The great catch by him in the Luke Sciolito no-hitter just the player that the White Sox envisioned, the fourth outfielder that is he has always been in his career, that the White Sox have been forcing him down our throats for 100-plus games during the regular year, but now he's in a better role, and I think as a veteran, I think he's like 27, 28 years old, he understands the pitchers, the retooled swing is much better because... You know, up to like last year, uh, before he got sent to triple A, he was just terrible with the bat. Now, I when I see him up the bat, I'm like, okay, he's gonna give us something here. He might strike out, but he's gonna be out there giving us a professional at bat,
1: yeah. And more often than not, he will barrel it up. Like, you know, he's making harder, better contact. I think this is the difference between Adam Engel now and in years past. And again, we talked about it a few weeks ago, I think it was during the Cubs series, but. Or maybe even after Julio's no hitter, but Adam Engel has turned himself into a meaningful piece in a World Series contending ball club, and I don't think that's something we all and any of us saw coming a few years ago. You know, you're like, okay, he's got a great glove and kind of a novelty, and yeah, he'll rob a home run, and you know, the Sox will lose, you know, ten to eight, you know, uh, it doesn't matter ultimately. But just just kudos to him in limited playing time, turning himself into a valuable piece here, and it's a you know. When you get into a late spot in the ball game and you need outfield defense, too, he'll provide that for you. Which, you know, of course, before we get to Eloy here, uh, mm. your, your MVP uh, came through big tonight.
0: Oh! Tim lines it up well the left field.
1: Huge insurance run there, especially knowing what happened in the ninth inning, and that could have gone the other way, and it could have been disastrous, and we could still be playing this game tonight had T.A. not uh, had that big RBI there. But, yeah, Tim Anderson, man, a big night tonight. Tim goes uh, three for five with the double, one RBI, but it was a big one there in the eighth inning. So you're, you're MVP. Go ahead, Herbie. The floor is yours. T.A. has been doing a great job, especially of late.
0: I mean, the man is just killing the ball, especially versus left-handers. saw a tweet earlier that said that Tim Anderson was 500 versus lefties coming into the game. Now he's like at 512, and his slash line versus lefties is off the charts. So it was an 0-2 pitch, too, what he hit. It was a hanging slider, a curveball that just in the middle of the play. He thought he, thought he, he thought
1: he got, he got it. <laughs> yeah,
0: Every single piece of that. <laughs> And he realized didn't eat his Wheaties today or didn't get that extra piece of bacon because after like a minute, he was like, okay, uh, man, this is not going out. So it's hit too hard, too solidly, didn't get the elevation that he needed, but he was murdered and he got the second and got that insurance run that was much needed.
1: It was needed, uh what was Rick Renteria doing uh, not having his best defensive lineup in one of the biggest games of the year, a tightly contested game of the year uh, out in the ninth inning what, and Eloy Jimenez out in left field why 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 is he the way he is
0: <laughs> why is he what why is he that guy um I don't know, like the only thing I can think of is that Eloy was first to come up in the ninth, yes, and he was like, I want to protect myself from the Uh, Alex Colomay blown save here. And if he does blow it, at least I got one of my hottest hitters and one of the hottest hitters in baseball up first to maybe end it right there, but also have faith in the guy who's only blown, I think three saves in his time with the white Sox. have a little faith in the guy that just got you out of a tough eighth inning, have some faith in um, your catcher behind the plate to call those pitches that get these people out. And I don't know why you wouldn't have Gerard Dyson. The only, well, two of the reasons he's there, for speed and defense. you got him for a reason. Use the person. He's not going to be up there getting regular bats. Use him on defense. You know he's going to have a solid glove there. That ball is in his pocket. Eloy is a DH. I mean, I know that we want to force him. And he's going to be a left fielder for a long time. But he'll, And he'll make these plays time after time after time. But he'll look good a couple times. That Pittsburgh catch in the gap was a nice look for him. But he looked lost. And then the hands up was the right move. But also in that situation, you better be sure. You better be absolutely
1: 100% sure that that ball is stuck in there. And maybe he was. He's right there. He's closer than any of us was. It certainly didn't look like it was stuck. Uh, watching it live you, you pretty much saw the entire white of the baseball there and it's yeah. just it's embarrassing man like a big game like that and everyone's excited that then all of a sudden you have people weighing in you know and all of a sudden the story becomes Eloy's outfield defense which is really unfortunate because anyone who follows this show and follows the Sox know that he's gotten better made a really nice play the other night and he's made all the plays that, that have been routine and he hasn't looked awful out there. But yeah, just uh, just a really bad spot to do that with the worst possible hitter, Byron Buxton. Like, you can maybe recover from that with anyone else, but Oops. with Buxton out there, that's a really high-risk proposition, and I, I'll say, I think they caught a break, and they got away with it. I think the they, umps could have said, yeah, you know, an ump has to say, yeah, it's a dead ball on the spot. Your player doesn't decide if it's a dead ball, so I think they got very lucky there, and that, that insurance run by T.A. Uh, proved to be big, and I'm, I'm trying to see if Renteria spoke about it in the postgame and why he had that line about there. I know Eloy, like you said, was due to lead off, but I think most Sox fans would be okay with that if things were a disaster in that bottom of the ninth and it was Dyson leading off uh, the next inning, and you know, but, but there was no... Horrendous defensive play leading to a blown save. You know what I mean? I think yeah. we, I think we're we're, they, we're adults. We could we understand playing matchups and putting your best team out there on the field. I think we could have come to terms with that, unless Dyson's dealing with something that we don't know about, which sometimes is the case in these situations. Like you know, you know, I don't know what he could have been because he was out. He, he made the he was part of the the alignment that made the final out yesterday, right? So mm-hmm. you know, I don't see why there would be anything wrong with him. But yeah, just kind of baffling in that situation why Eloy was, was even out there. So.
0: I mean, that, that, and we already talked about Gio Gonzalez. I don't know where Ross Detweiler is. If you need a lefty there, Ross Detweiler, nobody would have had a problem with Ross Detweiler. Even if Ross Detweiler would have did the two walks thing, like Gio Gonzalez did there. Um, it's all about putting your team in the best position to win. And I don't think Ricky did it there with putting Gio in a high leverage situation where he's not been great. He's walked a lot of batters this year, Um And so it worked out because of Kalame, but I just need him to have the thought process of why am I doing this? We need to put our best foot forward. And if Ross can't pitch, which would be weird. Like, I don't know how much he pitched the other day, but I thought he would be available for that situation. And then, like you said, Jared Dyson, if somehow Colome gives up two runs there, I don't think the rest of us are like, oh, see, you took out Eloy he was batting first in the ninth and we wouldn't have said anything we would be like hey call me fucked up we're like oh he cool lay, lay a bunt down close out that game
1: yeah lay a bunt down with Dyson and uh, get on first <laughs> like, you know what I mean yes. like so That's, yeah we're we're adults we, we can handle it it's kind of baffling and I, and I just hate when uh when Eloy's bad outfield defense becomes a story it, it's frustrating because it's not uh, it, it always happens in the worst possible spots. You know what I mean. So like, it doesn't it doesn't do any favors uh, on his behalf to have those things happen. But it's a uh, huge win by the White Sox tonight. I, I can't believe that there's still going to be another solid at least month of this into the postseason. So Sox fans, you know, calibrate yourselves accordingly and get used to it, man. Because this is uh, this is fun stuff here as the Sox uh, magic number. To officially clinch a spot in the in the postseason is down to four. Even though it's all for certain that they'll they'll be in there, but now their magic number down to four tonight. But uh, just a, a, a nice win tonight by the Sox. You're hoping Dane Dunning tomorrow can go a little bit deeper in the ball game for you and, and help this bullpen out a little bit. Um, but that this can be a real big test for Dane Dunning tomorrow. Herb.
0: Oh yeah, it's going to be huge. It can be one of those uh, season changing games for him. Um, a good outing tomorrow for some Minnesota Twins. I mean, a good outing is a quality start, six innings, three earned runs or less. He's the number three starter. He will catapult officially uh, Dylan Cease, and that's what you're going to be doing in the playoffs. It'll be him over Dylan Cease because I've seen the kids building. He's becoming the pitcher that they thought he could be, and I just need a little bit more length out of him and – will be good. This Minnesota Twins lineup is starting to look a little more dangerous. Josh Donaldson, even though he's not hitting, and Max Kepler, even though he's not doing a great job, uh, they're always dangerous to me. They always look like they're about to get hits, and this goddamn Ari Arianza, that's some bitches on base all the time. Wait, and hang, I know
1: your guy Hang, hang, and hang, tonight, hang on, but... hang on a second. Hang on a second. Who is who's your guy who are you talking about? Ari who? What's I don't understand his name. Ari uh, Arianza. Does he make you feel the warmth and luxury that you deserve? Feel the warmth and luxury that you deserve. I, I'm I couldn't believe that you tweeted that I I also think of it every single time but I I can't make the leap enough to make a, a clever joke about it on Twitter you know what I mean like because he doesn't pitch her, so you can't you he's not a pitcher so you can't say uh, "Andriana's." Andreanza's curve you know what I mean like the, the closest thing <laughs> yeah, you could say is like great. I was like, I he makes a nice play a at a third. reminds him for forever. Yeah, like, you you know, maybe he may... I just figured it out now. It's too late. But, you know, he makes a nice play at third. And, you are like, hey, guys, that's uh, Andreanza's third. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, damn it. Why couldn't I think of that earlier? He did make a nice play at third against the White Sox in the last series. But yeah, I think of it every time. The great Andreana Fur's jingle uh, by Cracky. But yeah, man. Yeah, and
0: the guy who you had the mixing. My guy, Shazam the-
1: Shazam Bangles, man. He, he's, a, he's a master. Check him out on Twitter and Instagram. He's a master of taking uh, Chicago commercials and, like, you know, cutting and scratching and putting them over loops and, uh, and making them funky. So shout out to my man, Shazam Bangles. A true, true. Asset to uh, to the culture on social media.
0: <laughs> it was great. It was hot. Yeah. That, was, that, was fucking, <laughs> that shit bangs. Or yeah. as the kid says, what well, the kids say now? I have no it, idea. It, don't don't it ask slaps. me. It slaps. <laughs> yeah. It slaps.
1: You're sounding like Paul Rudd year. now. I'm that, yeah. so old, God. <laughs> we are washed, so. and it's approaching midnight, which means we got to get wrap this thing up. But I, we we gave our half-ass pitching matchup for tomorrow. Uh, they've got Randy Dubnyak going uh, for the Minnesota Twins tomorrow. Ugh. Who's been good? He's how been, many
0: like over under? How many times are you gonna hear about Uber Uber driving?
1: Yeah, uh, it'll be. I'm gonna set it at least one and a half, and I think that's an easy over. I think. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he's six and three with a three three six one ERA. Uh, on the on the season, he pitched well against the Sox earlier in the year, and uh, yeah, man, this could be this is it. This is your postseason game three starter audition in this series. I think Dane or uh, Dylan Sees had his opportunity tonight and uh, didn't fail, but just not not enough. So if Dane Dunn can go deeper. Uh, maybe work a little faster and the Sox can uh, you know, prop him up a little bit of offense. I think maybe that'll go a long way for Dane Dunning in the postseason. Uh, but, yeah, man, that, that's all I got tonight. It was a fun night and I, a night I really wish we all could have been out there. That place would have been rocking tonight, man. Like I could hear people right now. You know, chanting "Let's go White Sox!" down the ramps into the parking lot, man, that would have been just just fun, man. But it is what it is, and but I think we're all uh, unified here, watching at home and on social media, and you guys listening to the podcast. So we appreciate it, man. That the, that this is uh, the outlet I think that we're all enjoying here. As the White Sox in first place, number one seed in the American League, and they are now three games ahead of the Twins in the loss column, five ahead of the Indians. Things are looking good for the White Sox right now.
0: Yes, they are. And if you want to write us uh, for Mailbag Monday episode, it is at LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. LockedOnSocks at com. Your questions, your comments, whatever you want to write us, we'll read them all. Not all of them make these shows. So LockedOnSocks at com. We've already got a couple good emails in already. And uh, we wished a happy birthday to Pete Hand the other day. And tonight, Pete Hand wins... <laughs> Fucking uh, socks, math. What the hell?
1: So, Pete, I want Pete Hand
0: is having a great week.
1: I channeled my uh my Martin Scorsese earlier when uh, they were just sort of asking what sort of video production Pete Hand is going to do tomorrow because. Uh, when the the person wins socks math, they record the video uh, tonight. The guy you know, threw the bat, but I was telling Pete Hand he should he should tape himself in the bathtub like that AT and T commercial with uh, the little Tom, a little a little TT, a little Tom time, and maybe have Pete Hand in the bathtub introducing socks math. So uh, you know, I, I think I'm the clubhouse leader right now as far as what he's going to do if he if he decides you get a little uh, <laughs> producing credit there. I hope so, man. I, get, I, I need to get my uh, my SAG after card, <laughs> so. <laughs> We'll see, man. But yeah, keep a lookout for that. But yeah, Pete Hand—a big week for Pete Hand. He got himself some built bars, birthdays, and winning socks. Math, and we had a little exchange with him on uh, on Twitter today in the in the DMs. He was appreciating the uh, the mailbag episode, so we appreciate him. So that's all I've got tonight.
0: All right. So follow the show at Locked On Socks on Instagram and on Twitter. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill. I Herb Lawrence is at eknerwall 23 on Twitter. So, thank you for tuning in to another great episode, a three to one winning episode of Locked on Socks.